Welcome in. It is Thursday, November 3rd. Welcome in. My name is Jonathan Rogers. Per usual, I am the host of your most legal fantasy football podcast. I have with me the always handsome Seth Odom. What is up, my dude? You're too kind. What's up, gentlemen? Oh, who is this? A newcomer? First place in the league, joining us off the heels of another successful second place finish on the week, J.D. Weiss. What up, dog? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on tonight. It was oh fun my. to talk football with y'all. Oh, my gosh. Well, actually, so funny you say that. I know that everyone comes here for our fantasy football content, but I don't really want to talk about it because my team has not talked about it. So this is actually going to be a cryptocurrency podcast, and we're just going to talk about the hold line of Dogecoin. So I bought Dogecoin on Thursday at $0.08, cents and it's now holding at 13 Do I sell diamond hands? What do we think? I think you should start investing in Prism basketball cards. I, I, I am, I'm convinced that I'm going to buy all of these boxes, put them in a, a trash bag, put them in my attic, and then sell them for like 500% um, <laughs> in five years. Hey, there are definitely dumber money-making schemes out there. I, I love it. But um, in all seriousness, we have a good podcast for you today. We're going to be running through all the content that has popped up over the past couple of weeks. Um, today was NFL trade deadline day, 4 p.m. Eastern. We saw some moves that have some fantasy implications. We also saw some ed rushers move around, which we don't really care about, but that's a good time. Um, run through the matchups. We got a fun one for you. We're going to talk about uh, <laughs> every team in our league. Some of us have every team in the league uh, compared to what Halloween candy that team is in uh, in honor of what was celebrated yesterday. There will apparently be bloodshed. I, I don't know about that. Uh, we'll run through uh, a look back at the startup draft, and then we will touch on some second half sleepers as we head into the second half of the NFL season. Um, but first... As advertised, let's look at the content that was created. First up, uh, Matt and Brennan. So this trade happened about two weeks ago. Um, in this trade, Matt got Justin Fields and Brennan's 2025 first and Drake London. And on the way back, Brennan got Jalen Hurts, QB2 on the year, I believe. Um, Seth, what what you, what'd you think of this one? An absolute French kiss of a tank move. Um, I think... Brennan clearly got the best player now, and I would even see say for the next couple years. And so Brennan evaluated his roster. He said, we got to make a move. Love it. But for Matt, a guy who's had his sights set on two, three years from now, um, since the start of the year, he, he got basically three first-round picks. I totally agree. My, my first thought on the deal was Brennan got the best asset, becomes an immediate contender, yeah, he loses a first in Drake London, who was kind of contributing this year, but that's a multi-year move. And, I mean, Justin Fields has come on the past couple of weeks, but I definitely see Jalen as a better quarterback the rest of the way. J.D., what's your assessment? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think this is kind of dynasty at its finest. Um, I think Drake giving up Drake London is a little unfortunate, but Drake London does have one big shortcoming, and that is whatever chuckleheads lined up <laughs> under center for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and I don't know if that's going to improve anytime soon, so... I think all in all, this is a good trade for both sides. This is kind of, this feels like an NFL GM type move. To yeah, me. no, I totally yeah. agree. It's need for need. If you're a win now, you go get your guy. And if you're winning in the future, you go get that move. I mean, that I, I think that's about right. Hey, I just want to ask you guys, if you were, um, you're in a redraft league in 2025. So 
um, three years from now, who do you think you are taking higher, Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields? Ooh, that's a great question. I So I'm extrapolating the last two weeks of football, which has been Justin Fields' probably best football in his career in the NFL. He's really been unleashed as a runner, and I think if that continues for the next couple of years – Justin Fields is just a younger Jalen Hurts. So I guess if you're saying would I take Jalen Hurts now in 2025, yeah, probably. So I think Fields might be the answer. Uh, I got to disagree with that. I think I think there's a little bit of recency bias going into that. I know that Hurts, you know, the way he plays might not hold up, but Fields has shown some struggles with throwing the football. <laughs> we hope that gets better. Jalen is not that much older than Justin Fields, so – that's I, true. I would I would say Jalen as it stands right now, but we might call me out on that in a couple of years. No, and I think that's kind of the point you're trying to make, Seth, is like, who knows? It's it's a total toss-up. So in, in yeah. 2025, this trade is just entirely mad. Yeah, who knows? But I will say, uh, when I used to root for an NFL team before fantasy football, I was a Chicago Bears fan. And I can tell you, over the 20 years of relative fandom, Chicago Bears have never had a competent quarterback. Oh, Jake uh, Cutler disagrees. No, 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 no. He's the only one who disagrees. Um, <laughs> and I would say the Eagles, for as much like maligned as like different people have, like they have had someone successful under center, maybe like since Donovan McNabb um, in like 2004, 2005. So I, I, I like Hurts' chance, Hurts' chances at being in a better organization and he's got some skill guys around him that aren't going anywhere. No, I, I like that. And if Nick Sirianni does end up sticking around, I do like that offensive scheme, the way that he uses hurts. So, um, I mean, he's basically just their running back one and that helps that he also throws a couple of deep bomb touchdowns to AJ Brown. So I can definitely see that being a, a thing that continues into the future. Now I did just look up the ages. Can you tell me the age difference between Justin Fields, Jalen hurts? Probably nine months. It, one year. One's 23, <laughs> one's 24. That's, that's so wacky. It's like Stetson Bennett is older than five starting quarterbacks in the NFL. and The quarterback for Georgia. Yeah, no, that's sounds about right. Okay, next trade. This one is between JD and Corey. This is why we brought you onto the podcast. Uh, Corey, uh, he picked up in this trade DeAndre Swift, Chris Godwin, Paris Campbell, and a 2023 third? Is that right? It's 23 third. A 23 third. And JD took away from the deal CD Lamb, Leonard Fournette, and Amari Cooper. Um, so I originally thought DeAndre Swift was the best asset in this deal. I have since changed my mind. I have decided after thinking on a little bit more, Swift has probably the most athletic of the group of people here, but opportunity-wise and actual usage in the offense, rest of season, definitely not the best asset. Long term, not sure either. Um, I mean, truly at the end of the day, though, I do view Swift for Lamb and Godwin and Fournette kind of lateral, straight up. But the big takeaway from this trade and what I hope that everyone caught on to after this deal went through is that you got Amari Cooper as a part of this deal, who Corey traded Braden for. He got rid of Tony Pollard a first and a second to get Amari Cooper about a month ago. We all remember that? You remember that, Seth? I do, vividly. So, Corey effectively traded Tony Pollard a first and a second for Paris Campbell on a third. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I'll tell you, I probably would have made that trade for <laughs> Tony Pollard. I, I would have. Jonathan knows how big of a Tony Pollard guy I am. Uh, wish he was younger, but 
What are you gonna do, Seth? What which, what do you think? Here, not my choice of asset management, but the only guy that I believe can explode in this trade is Swift. Like, if he plays the last eight weeks of the season, like DeAndre Swift is a guy who can put up twenty five a game. No, I just no, don't no. believe that will happen. Um, and no. so I think JD got a steal. Um, yeah. I, I I think. If you if he had to give up uh, either two seconds or a first, then then you have me. But there he just I think Corey gave up too much for what he got in return. It looked like a case of of names. It was like, oh my gosh, I can get DeAndre Swift and Chris Godwin. Let's do it. But he didn't necessarily do the math on what he was giving back on the other side because we saw last Sunday when CD Lamb and the Cowboys played the Bears. I mean. The dude's good. He's, he is, in fact, good at football. Um, and J.D. did get to build out his homer lineup of, of Sooners, so that does that does feel good also. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'll tell you my thought process going into that trade is Swift and Godwin have just pissed me off <laughs> in the last couple of years not being able to stay on the field. Um, they're both dynamic guys when they can play, but they've struggled immensely doing so, and I just don't see a 5'9", 200-pound running back getting – more durable as his career goes on. Um, Swift and Lamb came into the league the same year. They're the same age. And in that two and a half years, CD scored about 70 more fantasy points than Swift has. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swift might have I – mean, he is more explosive. He's got the better upside, but dude just can't stay on the field. And that is the sign of a good fantasy asset, someone that you can actually play. Right? That, does, that does seem to help, at least in, in my experience of fantasy football. Um, the last trade, unless one of you two are planning a trade tonight that I'm not aware of, uh, the last trade I want to get into is the one between myself and Nick Marr. Um, in this trade, I picked up Kyler Murray, Brandon Cooks, and Nick's first-round draft pick. And in exchange, Nick got the GOAT, Tom Brady, A.J. Dillon, D.K. Metcalf, and my 2024 first i'll i'll step out of the way uh jd what, what you got going on with this one so i think that um nick's nick's playing the long game here uh he's picking up a 73 year old quarterback <laughs> and building for the future um no actually i think nick got a little more out of this than meets the eye giving up the first rounder this coming year hurts um considering there's a chance it's going to be a fairly high pick um, but when you can bring in A.J. Dillon, who I am very, very high on, Nick, you're going to be getting a lot of messages from me <laughs> in the next couple of years. You can ask Jonathan about that. Um, D.K. is a young guy with a lot of potential and a hopefully bright future and uh, cash in that first-round pick a year later. I know you're kind of kicking it down the road, but you're giving yourself a couple of shots at it. Um, I think it, it's going to work out a little better for Nick than first glance. Um, Jonathan, I think – you came out pretty well. Um, <laughs> Kyler, I want to say he's a good fantasy quarterback. Um, a lot of times he is. You know, He's, he's going to have some weird games for you. Brandon Cooks looked like it was going to be a lot better for you today at points um, before he ended up staying with old Davis Mills. But overall, um, I would say that the commission probably got a little bit better at this one. Um, but Nick has some stuff on the back burner that's going to help him out. Seth, what you got on this one? I, I, I like, I'd like your input. I, I'm, I'm personally a little torn. So I, the only issue is Nick giving up like the Victor Wimbayama <laughs> pick. You know, it's like, 
all right, Thunder, you can have Chet Holmgren or you can have Johnny Davis. And you're like, who's Johnny Davis? And my answer is exactly. <laughs> like, that is the only thing. Like, I'm not going to quibble about, like, the value of, like, Kyler and Cooks are both. I, I If you said Kyler is worth a first-rounder and a – and a player, and I would say DK is like 1.5 first rounder, mm-hmm. uh, first rounders. And so, um, to even request for you to request a pick back, I, I don't think that's the issue. Like, if you got uh, Kyler Cooks and Nick's 2024 second, like, okay, I am on board with that. He's kind of kicking, like, kicking the can down the road, getting some good long term assets, but for him to give up. Like something that's, I would say, what, what, let's just look at our standings. Um, and we're over halfway through the season. Um, Nick's at three and five. Corey's at two and six. Mitch is at three and five. And Matt's at one and seven. And so those three guys are, there's kind of that tier down there. And so if you're saying a top four pick and giving up the best player, a young franchise quarterback who just got paid. I, I, I'm okay punting, but he also punted getting a quarterback next year in the draft. And so I'm just, who knows? Kyler, who knows? I mean, Kyler may play more you... video games than anything <laughs> else. And Russell Wilson may continue to stretch on planes and you may be playing Andy Dalton for the rest of the season. Like that may be true. Like That's why you can't veto trades, but giving up your pick is tough when you're not getting the best asset in return. I I will say the re this is kind of like appeal behind the curtain at whenever I'm doing these trades. And maybe this is giving away too much too early in the dynasty league, but I, I was actually pretty proud of this deal getting being able to get worked out because number one, I went and targeted. I, I knew I wanted to deal DK. He had I I wasn't I got I feel like I got screwed in that Brennan trade because I gave up Austin Eckler and I'm still I just hate myself. So I needed to get DK out of my life. He's like the He's like a zit I picked up at a party I didn't want to go to anyway. So I was flipping DK kind of no matter what. And so I went and found his bye week. DK happens to be on bye week 11. And I went and saw who I played in week 11. And it happened to be Nick Marr. And I was like, well, shoot, I got to trade DK to a guy I'm not going to play against. That'd be fun. So that is how the deal came together in my mind. And I just needed a quarterback. I'm dying here. I've been playing Brady. I've been playing Wilson. And so I just desperately needed a quarterback. And it felt like Kyler was the guy to be able to go and get. So I, I feel good about the deal. I have some regrets trading DK, especially now that Chase is injured. But, I mean, my team's already exploded from injuries, so I'm kind of just over it now. But that's all the trades that I have. It Another great week. We are coming up on the trade deadline. We'll have one more episode. And then week 13 in the real NFL season is our trade deadline. So if you're, if you're on the fence about a move, it's never too late. you got to get it done. But – Unlike our league, where week 13 is the trade deadline, the NFL trade deadline was today. I'm going to run through the big moves that have kind of happened over the last two weeks. Um, Seth, JD, if you got anything, just hop in with like a quick one hitter. I I don't know. None of these trades, I think, are life-changing. Some of them are pretty big, but I don't think these are unbelievable. So we'll run through it. First up, a couple weeks ago, I think this is about a week and a half ago now, Kadarius Toney traded to the Chiefs. Big time if you are a like hoping for Tyreek Hill to get resurrected, but I, I don't know if any if either of you think that that's a big deal or not. Dollar General brand. 
Absolutely. That's exactly what I have in my notes. <laughs> Great value, Tyreek. I see that here. Yeah, that's good. Um, James Robinson, onto the Jets. Um, in my opinion, this is really just to piss off Seth and anyone who has Michael Carter on their fantasy team. Well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay, perfect. I got nothing. <laughs> uh tj hawkinson to the vikings this is a i think this is kind of a big deal this is probably one of the more exciting ones of, of the of the day no this one is legit uh because tj hawkinson the dude's a man and he like he's shown that his con- consistency i'll blame it on jared golf uh jared golf and not himself and so just being a part of that offense and for me as a uh jj uh o- owner having mm. another guy who has hands who can catch um man i'm i'm not worried about target share my man's gonna get the ball it's just just so he's not double teamed and so hawkinson will be uh, will be a beast for that offense and it's just like they see the nfc's wide open there's no one um that's just running away with the field so yeah why not make a move they didn't have to give up too much um in return yeah that was my first thought is they gave up next to nothing to do it and i i love the interdivision white flag (laughs) i mean that is just Throwing in the towel with everything they've got. Yeah, here's our best player. Take it. <laughs> six and one, Minnesota Vikings. I uh, I, I like to see that. Um, uh, Chase Claypool on the Chicago Bears. Uh, really, just I think this is just congrats to George Pickens. This just solidifies his importance in that offense going forward. Yeah, it, it gets the balls into the the ball into the hands of the the right people. Um, Pickens is the guy they're invested in, and Deontay Johnson. That's that's it. I need my man to get in the end zone. He doesn't do that. He just catches them. That's then, he's Jacoby Myers. Then he needs someone besides Kenny Pickett. <laughs> That'll be the big move to see if they do anything in the draft because it is uh, Pickett does not appear to be the answer. Uh, shocking, shocking. He's got Jeff small Wilson. hands. Jeff Wilson to the Jeffs. My name is Jeff. I. I thought this move was funny because Raheem Mostert's been blown up this year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, everyone was picking Chase Edmonds as a big sleeper pick in redraft leagues. And so this really just seems out of spite. Um, and it really, I think if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, it's got to feel good knowing that the only person behind Christian McCaffrey is the second most injury prone person in the NFL. And that's Elijah Mitchell. Last one, or no, sorry. Second to last one, Calvin Ridley going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He can't play the rest of the year, so this is largely irrelevant for our league right now. But Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. What do we think? I bet he doesn't play. Oh, wait. Take that bet and be suspended (laughs) for a year. (laughs) Very nice. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think he's done. Uh, And the last one, this is the exciting one as well. Naheem Hines to the Bills. I'm a big fan of this. I really like Naheem Hines. He is my favorite player to buy for cheap in Madden because he's really fast and costs nothing to get. So whenever you can see the guys you're playing with in Madden get traded to a good offense, I think that's kind of fun. I think there's an underrated aspect to that trade as well in Zach Moss going to Indy. That's true. I think he's got a little bit of potential there. Maybe not a ton, but a little bit. But, Seth, you, you think that everyone in the Bills running back room is the same person? Uh, yeah, all children to Josh Allen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The running, they just all tied for running back four and a half, I think, at that point. Yeah. 
No, I think that's good. It was it was fun to see a little bit of action today in the trade de- the trade deadline. I really wanted to see Kareem Hunt get moved. I think that would have added another running back to the league, which would have been nice. I was for sure Brandon Cooks was going to the Rams. I just I thought he was going to go out there. I really and I was kind of hoping on that. Um, I was kind of surprised Antonio Gibson didn't get dealed, seeing has how abysmal the Commanders have been the past couple of weeks. But I mean. It is what it is. It's the NFL trade deadline. All the fun stuff happens in the offseason anyway. Yeah, and the Packers. Yeah, what the heck is going on over there? Like, just get them. I mean, here's the thing about professional sports. With the Kyrie stuff and the Aaron Rodgers stuff, like, honestly, like, they may be the two most talented dudes at their position in, in both leagues. But, man, whenever you cause just so many distractions it doesn't allow anyone to do their job well you know it's so like as a gm how do you do your job well and then invest in this guy uh whenever you're like this dude may he may disqualify himself from playing so like what we can't sell yeah and we can't buy like what do you do and so man it tough place to be no. I mean, we're all acting like this is out of character for Green Bay. No, that's this is the same thing they've been doing for 15 years. Right? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is probably used to it now. So that's, at least that's a good thing. But no, I, I think it's a good deadline day. A uh, lot of fun to see the sleeper app give those updates on the way through. So that was, that was always fun. But moving on next. We got a few matchups. I don't want to take too long on these. I, I think that everyone sees the scores. Um, the first one I do want to talk about, though, it's just lamenting myself. Uh, I did outlast Braden in the world's most aggressive pillow fight about two weeks ago. I think the final score was like 77-74. Totally worthless. Uh, I mean, as as they say in the Premier League, though, you got to be able to win on a rainy night in Stoke. That's It's just a part of the game. Uh, next big one, Andreas, top dog uh, two weeks ago. Um, followed by a stomp session by Jacob. And what's most nerve-wracking about that is that the Chiefs were on by when it all happened. So we didn't even have Mahomes or Kelsey when all that went down. Um, P.J. Walker, elite? I don't know. Better than two first-round draft picks. Who's to say? Um, Next big one, J.D. outlasted Tanner. Uh, Thankfully, (laughs) it's Cleveland Browns. Defensive stroke of genius. Who would have thought? I'd take a little umbrage outlasted when I scored 130 points, but Tanner had a very good morning. Um, scored a lot of points. That, uh, that is what, yeah, that's all you can do. You just gotta, you gotta win. Um, and then, I guess we kind of buried the lead. This is, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, following my embarrassing loss to Corey on the heels of a Devontae Adams .4 point game, uh, JD is our new top of the league, and I have fallen into second in the Ethereum division, giving up the bye week to Andreas. Heartbreaking. Truly, truly heartbreaking. I'm not sure if I'll ever recover. Well, anyway, moving on to some less depressing content. We got, I got a little fun, I got a fun one here. I, uh, I saw this on another fantasy football podcast and I thought it was kind of fun, but I've asked the guys here and they've gone overboard and I, I asked for them to pick one team and compare that one team to a Halloween candy. Uh, Cause I, I thought that would be kind of fun and a good little illustration um, they're, I'm in a room of overachievers, so they've both gone and done every team in the league. So I'll just go ahead and knock my one idea out right here um, and be lambasted for my candy selection again. But I've decided that our boy, Tanner Boyd, yeah, Tanner Boyd, I'm talking about you. He's a jawbreaker, a jawbreaker, not a common Halloween candy per some survey data I've conducted earlier today. But with a jawbreaker, you got to be patient. You can't just take a bite down. You can't like 
try to put it in the microwave to make it softer. If you've ever seen the show Mythbusters, you know, if you microwave a jawbreaker, it explodes. It's kind of disgusting, but it's crazy. So you have to sit. You got to just let the taste come to you. And you have to hope that the sense of accomplishment of waiting out the jawbreaker and kind of surviving that tough exterior brings you great joy at some point in the future. And that's Tanner's team. Tanner's team is kind of tasty, just like a jawbreaker. There are so many other much better candies, but he's had some good games. I mean, Joe Burrow has been really good. AJ Brown has exploded. Devonta Smith even has had some sneaky games. We know Najee is good, but he hasn't really performed up to snuff after he got an injury early in the, earlier in the year. And he's in seventh in the league, kind of halfway up the table. But what do you think? I mean, if you're at that hunt in the pack, like you're trying to get in the playoffs, like you're going to make a move. Like what has Tanner done to try to take that step to get into the playoffs and to rectify the shortcoming? The dude's done nothing. He hasn't made a move. He's elected instead to trust the process. And he's sticking to the young guns. I've done some research. I dug around a little bit. Tanner's team actually has the lowest average age in the league at 23 and a half years old. And on top of that, he has two first round draft picks in the upcoming draft. He's not trying to rush success. He's not trying to trade out young players in a hope of creating current success because he knows that if he tries to microwave that jawbreaker, it's going to explode right in his face and burn. So Tanner, good for you, my man. Stay the course. Keep sucking on that jawbreaker. Don't make any trades now. You're too far in, but I'm sorry. Jawbreakers suck. I'll, uh, Seth, it looks like you're up next in the dock. I, I'll let you run through yours. You've, you've really gone all in on these, and I, I think I'm excited to hear what you got going on. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched football in four weeks, and so this is something that I can really relate to. Because <laughs> the, the sleep wrap is what I study. Um, and so I, I think I have a, a pretty good taste in candy as well as um, evaluations of our team members. So first off, I have JD. He's the Reese's Cup. doesn't matter what season, what form. It always hits. The, the, the peanut butter and the chocolate, it's just a match made in heaven. So, J.D., mm -hmm. you are the prized Reese's Cup. Mm. Jonathan, you are a Milky Way. <laughs> it, it's much better in name than it is in reality. Like, people have this experience of, like, space that it, that's going to that's gonna give them something that they'll remember. Um, in reality, you'll just be let down um, by the, the sweetness of the chocolate and the caramel. And it just it just doesn't hit. Tanner, your, your team, just Jonathan, Jonathan explained it. Your team of dots, colorful, <laughs> enticing, but always better in theory than than in reality. You, you pop that yellow box open and you, you, you pop one in your mouth or maybe even a couple and then you realize it just gets stuck in your teeth and that they don't taste that great. Um, and so Tanner, your yellow box of dots. Jacob, Starburst are classics, but here's the deal. You're not just a classic. You are the Starburst Flave Reds. Something that you didn't know you needed in your life. And you were just pleasantly surprised, not just when you get the small pack with a red and a pink, but you get that full size Lago Starburst and you just know that they're red and pink through and through. And the best and you continue to get the best version over and over. It's, it's the ultimate stack, just like uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. Andreas, you are a Kit Kat, humble, quiet consistently hitting the spot 
and and never willing to give me a break of that crystal lobby share <laughs> that I've been begging you for 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 eight weeks. Braden Davis, you are a Hershey's. It's how much um, you in, get, how much you get to enjoy this candy is dependent on what else is brought to the table. And so if uh, all of the other teams who you have their draft picks, they perform poor, you get, you get to enjoy the splendor. But man, if all those teams do well, you're just stuck with a crusty b- block of chocolate. No <laughs> one enjoys that. Corey. You're a crunch bar. And here's Corey. You're, you're my guy. It's, you're a dark horse. Massively underrated. Everyone roots for crunches to be good. But in all honesty, it's, it's really mediocre. And no matter how much it can be hyped up, it's still probably below average and never anyone's first choice. Brennan, you are sour Skittles. You know, so enticing. And you, and you know, like, Man, it's going to hit when you get a handful and you throw, in, throw them in your mouth. But when you come back for more, you realize you already have like mouth sores because like the sour has has rubbed you raw. And so um, just like your team, like there's good taste. But man, I think it's it's just not going to push you over the edge. Mitch, your milk duds. <laughs> you have high expectations at the beginning of the year because, I mean, you made the championship game. But instead, instead, you get this chalky chocolate covered that's around this like caramel that you take a bite and you expect it to be good, and then you can't get your mouth back open because your jaw is glued together because of that. It's just, and you can't get it out. It doesn't matter how good it is uh, or how bad it is, it, it's stuck. And so I'm sorry you can't get out of this uh, miserable season. Nick, you're a Mr. Goodbar. You. I'm sure it had a moment decades ago, just like the rest of the players on your roster, but no one wants them anymore. (laughs) 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 That one's good. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got this. <clears throat> all right, uh, we we can get that up. Okay. Jeez, uh, uh, Matt, uh, you get a ring pop. Um, you, you're the tank king, and I, I want to. It's kind of me knighting you. Um, you, you your team's basically a bunch of little kids because they're still in the seventh grade when by the time you'll be good again. But at least you you get to enjoy it for the moment. And then for myself. I'm a Snickers. You know, people try and convince you that it's good and that you're widely respected to be of great quality, yet it's always the candy that's left over that ends up getting handed off to your 80-year-old grandpa because no one actually uh, thinks that they're good. <laughs> that is the definition of a tough act to follow. Right there. <laughs> so good. That is so much better than I was expecting. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, mine are a little uh, quicker of hitters here, but we'll, we'll see if we can get through it. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, you are candy corn. There's a lot of orange there. <laughs> it's real exciting at the beginning of fall. But if it gets a little stale, you're going to break your teeth on it. <laughs> Seth, I got your team as a left Kit Kat. 
It is an elite, but I say only a left Kit Kat because my man can't catch a break right now. <laughs> Nick, your team is a Worthers. Very enjoyable if you're in your 60s. Mitch, I got your team as a Twizzlers. It's not something that people are normally, it's going to be their go-to, but you're never really disappointed to see it in the bucket. It's, it's always reliable. Uh, Andreas is a warhead. Explosive. You got some flavor there. Pop. It's exciting. Uh, Matt's team, I think, is a caramel apple pop. Good in the fall. Not everyone's first choice. It's a little out there, but it's solid. And uh, once you get past the caramel, that, the taste inside is outstanding. You just got to give it some time, like a jawbreaker. Oh, there it is. Uh, Brennan, I got you as a nerd's rope. Innovative, dynamic. Team has evolved this year. It made some, some strides, just like the nerd's rope really uh, revolutionized the candy world. Uh, Braden, I think your team's like jelly beans. There's a flavor there for everybody, but sometimes you're not sure what the identity is. Not sure what you're <laughs> going for. Uh, Tanner's team, I think, is uh, sour gummy bears. It is always a solid flavor. But if the brand's not quite right, it can let you down some weeks. Uh, Jacob's team, I think, is like a peppermint. It's not something people are really looking at on Halloween, but it's going to be there in December. Oh... Uh, and then Corey's team, I think, is like a baby bottle pop. He uh, just made the trade with me, got a little younger. Um, but there's a chance you could spill it all over the floor. So. <laughs> that was amazing. This was, that was so much better than I thought it would have ever been. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so Nick is old. JD is good. And I was supposed to be better than I was three months ago. That's that's I think that's a good takeaway for today. My goodness. You you said heads would roll, and I, I think that, that I think that lived up to its expectations. I, I have nothing left to add. I have nothing left to add. So speaking of us not being very good at this game, let's talk about our dynasty startup draft. I, I thought this would be fun to do because I think because of JD's position in our league, he probably had the best startup draft. Seth, would you He's sitting right here. His head's growing bigger the moment I, every word I say, but what do you think of that? I think that's, yeah, it's, it's undeniable. And just like any redraft league, it, it takes like hitting in those kind of early mid rounds, the guys that people undervalue that, that just kind of carry it for you. And man, yep. Yeah, JD's team um, is loaded with guys who, who yeah. fit that bill. No, I, I totally agree. It, JD, I know you dominated this, but is there anything going into the startup draft you wish you would have known now that you, now that you know now uh yeah i think i might have i mean i'm i'm real happy with with justin herbert i wouldn't trade that but i might have looked quarterback a little earlier mm -hmm. um if you get one of the younger guys knowing what josh allen is now i mean mm -hmm. it's tough to look back um i i know that there's a difference of opinions about <laughs> running backs versus receivers i probably would have tried to find some more younger running backs mm. um it's they're just hard to come across Feels because like... they don't exist <laughs> <laughs> mamas don't let your boys grow up to be running backs i think that's right well we'll I... agree to disagree on that one no <laughs> so seth i mean what what about you is there anything that you wish you would have known going into the draft yeah uh if you normally how you build a a redraft league is that you want to fill those start those starting spots early because like if 
like you can't fill it out later. Like there, there's a timeline of when this team has to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily the only truth uh, in dynasty. Um, and so I think for me, when I started to pick, I, my first four picks were two running backs, two receivers and a quarterback, you know, kind of like the foundation of what a team is. Um, and yeah, I just, I did I didn't put any research into it. I was just like, oh, we'll, we'll figure it out as it goes. And that's the furthest thing from the truth because the most value that's available is that first draft. Mm-hmm. When everyone's out there, you're not fighting for the, the 12 guys who can contribute in uh, a new rookie draft. Everyone's out there. And, and rookies were available. Um, rookies that still like contribute were available in like the – 14th round you you have guys who are now stars who are going in the sixth rather than um the first and second and so that it was just we were all woefully woefully unprepared um on on every level and so even though like i said jd did a great job i don't i don't know that i mean if you look at the two running backs he picked um one's literally retired (laughs) literally broken and the other, he just claimed 20 minutes ago that he was going to be broken forever. And so he traded him, you know? And so to say that he wishes he could have gone running back heavy, JD, I want to ask like, who? Hold on. What, which running backs are you referring to? Oh, Corey had your pick. Uh, I was just looking at your, your name. Corey picked Chris Carson. I forgive you on that one. Oh. <laughs> You picked say. the other broken Seattle running back, right? That was in like the 19th round, though. Yeah, and then <laughs> dropped him and then picked him up on waivers. <laughs> and then won a championship yeah, with him. Yeah. yeah, so that's – well, so the, the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because J.D. Was, was talking to me earlier this week, and he's like, do you have any idea how many people that we draft in the first three rounds are actually still on the team from that draft? Um, Seth, do you want to take a guess? I mean, first round, who do you think still has their first round draft pick? I, I would say – 60 percent 60 percent oh there's no way there's no way i just traded somebody else's first round draft pick there's no way i i think that andreas has derrick henry still i'm pretty sure that was his first round draft pick so chubb aj brown derrick henry justin jefferson you still have you still have jay jets so that's that's got to be one um harry kill I don't think he's gotten tra- – no, that's right, because Jacob drafted him first. Okay, so I'm thinking – So five out of 12. I'm thinking I'm thinking four. Four out of 12 still have theirs. It's five. Oh! And it's those five exactly. Wow. Can you guys tell me which pick – what the, the highest pick that still has their first round, where that went? It's like one six, right, Andreas? Well, Henry? I was seven, or I was six, and I picked Jefferson. Uh so so we won five then? Whatever whatever yeah. Derrick Henry was. It was one five with Tyreek. Oh, whoa. Tyreek Hill is the first draft pick that is still with their original team. Dang. So weird. Well, I, let's take let's let's open up this draft. Well, we don't worry. Oh, it, but before we move on, how many so if it's five from the first round, do you think it's more or less in the second? It's gotta be less. Gotta Even, be less. It's less a less valuable asset, they can move more. There are eight guys picked in the second round still with their original team. Wow. And two that were that are no longer with their team were traded in the last week. 
<laughs> and Chris Godwin and CD Lamb. Wow. It was 10. Until wow. Jeez. Okay, good job, everybody. Keep on your seconds. That was the, that was the round, I guess. All right, what about the third? What do we think? I traded Clyde, so that can't be it anymore. <laughs> I, here's, from this point forward, I've traded all of my players <laughs> except Josh Allen. And so just count me as one who doesn't have them. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think who I drafted in the third round. I think it was Darren Waller. And Clyde, I got in the third round. And I neither of those guys are on my roster. Hey, we for sure swapped third round picks. Oh, wait, no, no. Oh, wait, was I Scary Terry in that round too? Hot dang. Did you draft Eckler in the third? I did. Gosh, I should have traded him. That was dumb. <laughs> so third- I shouldn't have traded him. That was dumb. Half, half, yeah, okay. 16. So six to 12 are gone. Wow. So total sum and all, we're talking like less than half of the first three rounds is still with the original team. Hey, but l- l- it makes sense though. Like what guys, what things have been traded first round picks for first round picks basically. Yeah. And so like, it just shows that at least in name, I'm not saying in value, but in name, we we've been swapping people that we think are underperforming for uh, different assets or real assets for, players that we believe will perform you know like i think that's that's why so many of those first rounders have have moved is that i think we i think we appropriately have valued them over the last 18 months yeah they're the things that we're willing to make deals for that and i think it's easiest to evaluate those assets that you know because those guys that we're just talking about none of them were rookies when we did our startup draft because i think the highest drafted rookie was naji and that was at the three nine it looks like by tanner so we didn't we were all scared of drafting rookies because i took let's see i accidentally took just or jamar chase in the fifth and that has ended up being i think probably one of the better or in the fourth i'm sorry and that's ended up being just by happenstance one of the better picks. But that's not because I wanted to take him in the fourth. That was just because I didn't think anyone was going to take Lamar Jackson as high as he went. So I, I think that I think kind of like what you're saying, Seth. We we looked at the talent that we could recognize easiest and du- and doubled down on those guys rather than trying to project three years into the future. And that might have been because we, none of us thought the league was going to make it this far. But here well, we are. And <laughs> we also drafted in April. I don't even think we knew. <laughs> <laughs> like rookies hadn't even like reported to their teams. Yeah, that's like I, I look at Brennan Barker's draft in particular. The poor guy drafted Cam Akers at the two hundred one. <laughs> that sucks. That hurts. <laughs> oh man, but no, I mean like, and I was looking through here and like trying to find where Amon Ra St. Brown, where Cor- or where Andreas drafted Amon Ra. Like, let's see, in the ninth round, that's unbelievable. Like looking back, that's that's great value. Um, like where did let's see, where did Matt take Javante? Like those were the kind of guys that like maybe had we done a little bit of digging first, we would have found those guys to be slightly higher assets than they than we were when we took them. But um, did either of you guys see anything in here? I mean, Deshaun Watson was undrafted, I think, right? Yeah. It looks like he was undrafted. Um, or no, Corey drafted him. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my spreadsheet wrong. But did, did either of you see anything that kind of surprised you as you were flipping back through the startup? Oh, I I would just say, like, how many of those um, first four-round running backs that you are like, all right, I'm building my team off of these guys? I it's Would you be – most of the guys in the first round hit. Yeah, all of, most of them have been traded, but first and second round, other than Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, 
but then like once you get from that point forward, it's like, man, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Chris Carson, Montgomery, ETN, Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon. Like if you're trying to build your team on like those guys being like pillar starters, uh, that you're it's tough. Yeah. Um, also, we've we've talked about quarterbacks a lot the last few podcasts. Um, just the importance of either getting lucky with uh, Jalen Hurts in the ninth round, um, or being or being desperate. <laughs> so good, so true. You got anything, JD? No, not really. I, I think we've hit on a lot of things there. It's interesting to see some of the names that are lower down the board looking back, but. Gosh, still the draft. Still's got to be Mitch at the 18 2 getting Landry Jones. Elite. Elite. Um, so, moving forward, so kind of we are going from all the way back into the past to the future of the rest of the season. Um, one of the things that I've really liked being able to do the past couple of weeks is kind of trying to find, like, maybe in a redraft league, maybe for this league, who are the second half sleepers that are going to take a pretty good team and run a championship? And this is like, Amon Ross St. Brown last year or Rashad Penny. Like those guys, if you had them in redraft leagues, if J- I mean, JD had Rashad Penny in our league. And that was like a, an enormous reason that they were able to run to a championship. Um, I got three guys that I want to run through as my second half sleepers that I think can really make a difference come playoff time. Use this in your redraft. This is in Dynasty. I think this is pretty generally applicable. But the first one is Chris Olave. He's not moving in our league. I know that. But maybe you can pick him up or try to trade for him in a redraft. The dude plays the five worst pass defenses most of the weeks the rest of the season. He is the only consistent wide receiver for the Saints other than Alvin Kamara. And he has proven to just be good at football. Those are kind of all the things that you look for is just the strength of season or strength of schedule rest of the season, consistency involvement in the off in the offense. I love Olave the rest of the year. A little bit deeper. Josh Palmer, I think he's the third or fourth, depending on how you count, wide receiver for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Again, horrible or amazing schedule, really, the rest of the year. They play some just horribly abysmal pass defenses. So there's the opportunity for him to succeed there. On top of that, offense has been banged up all year. Mike Williams is going to be out for, I think, like four to six weeks still with that high ankle sprain. Keenan Allen's been on and off the field with whatever Keenan Allen is struggling with this year. And they don't really have anyone else. It's Austin Eckler and then some scrubs. And so Josh Palmer has a real chance to step up and be the one in the offense behind an obviously talented quarterback and Justin Herbert. Um, The last one that I'll mention here, I just lost to this week, Khalil Herbert. The dude's got juice. I legitimately think he's already better than David Montgomery. Unbelievably good dynasty asset. I I think he's probably the starter for the Bears next year whenever they decide not to re-sign David Montgomery off of his rookie deal. He looks better than him. He has, I mean, we saw it this last week. I think he had about, I mean, just as many carries as David Montgomery, but had almost 100 yards and the touchdown. So he seems like a dude that can definitely succeed. And on top of that, he plays some juicy, juicy rush matchups. I mean, just as a product of being in the NFC North, Lions, Jets, Vikings, Packers are some of his last couple of games. Um, All the opportunity in the world to succeed and, and definitely someone that, I wish I had on my roster going out the rest of the year and probably someone in redraft you can go and trade for and the person you're trading for might not even know who he is. So um, really looking forward to seeing if that goes out the rest of the year. But Seth, what, what, what do you got? Uh, first thing, Olavi's not a sleeper. Like I was going to pick him 101. Maybe 102. Redraft league, he's absolutely a sleeper. He's like okay. a ninth round draft pick. In the yeah, 
Yeah, I I will say I trade. I mean, I just have maybe I have a problem. <laughs> he he is a sleeper. He's just the best receiver um, on their team. But you're right, absolutely uh, no question, no question. So here here's my number one because in Olavi's um, division, like they're just atrocious in the NFC South, um, and so Rashad White. Leonard Fournette is now up to 274 pounds. Um, and Tom Brady's just getting Tom Brady's just getting more and more desperate. Giselle's out of the picture and he's got to spend time grooming younger men, younger men to catch his balls. And so like Rashad White is the guy. He's got to get the touches and you th- he's not going to go down without swinging, you know? Oh, very nice. And uh, Deontay Johnson. So this one is my non-super sleeper. Um, they just traded uh, Claypool. The Steelers did. And I, Deontay Johnson, because he's on my team, I've been able to watch him play 98% of the snaps, get 8 to 12 targets a game. The, he, had, he has to, um, even if Pickett is garbage, He's going to get more targets, more catches, and he's going to get in the end zone at some point. So I think he's a guy uh, who the Steelers are always going to be down. He's, he's going to get the ball. And uh, then my last one, um, again, again, it's my someone has to get the ball theory. Why It's why Rashad Penny went off. Someone had to get the ball. Why Amon Ra went off. Because someone had to get the ball. And so the last one is Romeo Dubs for the Packers. Aaron Jones can't touch the ball any more than he already does. And so, um, and and I actually. Matt LaFleur would beg to differ, for being honest. (laughs) I, and yeah, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers would beg (laughs) to differ. But um, that means six times a game just to stretch the defense out to get Aaron Jones the ball more. They're throwing to this guy, um, and he's got a little juice. He made a couple um, big plays this last week, and so I think Dubs is is a guy who um, he may not put put up a, a consistent um, twenty a game going down the stretch, but I could definitely see him scoring twenty four um, in week sixteen to to help help you win a, win a game. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. I can definitely see that too. I can definitely see that. JD, finish us off. What you got? So I've I've got two, and these are real hot takes. Uh, <laughs> these probably won't hit, um, but I think Tyquan Thornton has a chance to really break out if he gets. For those a that chance. aren't aware, that's the fifth string, seventh string wide receiver for the New England Patriots that yes. ran a four two at the combine. Yes. Okay. That has had some explosive plays when he's gotten the opportunity Mm -hmm. i think at some point the patriots have to recognize the guys are trying to play in front of him suck and put him on the field more um but they might not uh (laughs) it's hard to say and then latavius murray i think dog melvin gordon dies on the field before the year ends um and i think latavius is gonna get some touches he might also i i there might be a (laughs) He doesn't walk off, but <laughs> yeah, Latavius Murray is Melvin Gordon from two years ago, or like Melvin Gordon is Lat Murray from two years ago. <laughs> hey, he's look. I, I'm just holding out hope that Latavius is just assuming the ghost of Javante, and he's just going to carry the Javante crown throughout the rest of the season. I, I'm so glad you named Bronco because this gives me my chance, my schedule programming opportunity to say, 
Guys, the Broncos are going to be good. I promise. They, they have a really easy schedule the rest of the year. Russell Wilson has to come back, right? Right? Right. Someone say yes, please. Did I, he come back from London? I don't know. He's such a, he's such a cringe hole. He might have <laughs> stayed there. I don't know, man. Gosh, yeah. Every time it's like a piece of news about Russell Wilson somewhere, it's like him doing something weird. It's never him like being good at football. It's just like Russell Wilson's teammates hate him for doing this really weird, obscure thing. And it's like, gosh darn it. That's, yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, I, I think We're- that... I'd love to see Latavius Murray actually do something the rest of the season. That'd be really fun. And it would really vindicate me if Cortland Sutton was the number one wide receiver on this offense, but we're not holding hope for that. Um, Week nine, it's coming. I don't really want it to, but it's going to happen. We're going to play the rest of this season, regardless of what injuries might say. I mean, anyways, true sadness. Um, This week, got some fun rivalry games coming back up this week. Number one, Jonathan, me, I'm playing against all the players I traded. How about that? <laughs> Jonathan versus Brennan this week should be an exciting matchup. I'm playing Austin Eckler, Jacoby Myers, probably Kirk Cousins. Or actually, no Jalen Hurts, thank goodness. I don't have to face Kirk Cousins after trading him. Um, and Darren Waller, I think, is hurt. So maybe I don't have to play against him either. But this is uh, I feel like I'm really playing against the team I drafted, so that's tragic. Um, Corey is going to try not to get doubled up by Andreas this week. That should be a fun one to watch. But Seth, I, I don't know if you're aware... But we have, I mean, this is like a Chiefs-Bucks. Like, it's the championship rematch this week. JD and, and uh, Mitch are going head-to-head. Uh, Seth, you have the, the projected score in front of you right now? Yes, it is 96-89 to 89 in hey, favor of JD. That's a pretty close one. Uh, yeah, I mean, JD is throwing out uh, Olimati Zacchaeus <laughs> this week. The wee little man. Uh, a wee little man was he. No, I, uh, yeah, that's... My note on this game is JD is projected to score about 100 points, even though he has four starters on by this week. So sadness for the rest of the league, which I think does lead us pretty nicely into our power rankings on the week. Uh, I'll run through mine really fast, uh, Seth, and then we can have our guest picker round us out with his uh, power rankings on the week. We love to see it. But starting at the bottom for me, I don't think this is actually, no, this has definitely changed from last week. I've moved my floor down and Nick Mars in the basement. And it's not because I traded with him. It's that his roster is the oldest in the league. I I mentioned earlier, the research on the age, Tanner's got the youngest at 23 and a half. Nick has the oldest and it's about 27 and a half or 28. I mean, the guy's got an old roster. It's unfortunate. I have him in the basement, even though the prospects of him finishing the year with a couple of wins is still pretty high. Um, Mitch, I bumped up a spot from last week. He's at 11. He's got some guys getting in the action. DJ Moore, ever since Christian McCaffrey has left, has become an important part of the offense again. Um, Mike Gesicki, weirdly, get involved uh, from that tight end spot. So uh, go Mitch. Matt, I've also bumped up one to 10. Um, he's got a plan. I, I freaking love a plan. And he's got Kenneth Walker. That dude, is he's, he's a dog. I, I really like that. Um, number nine, I bumped up also Corey. Um, I lost to him this week. I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. But since Jamar Chase did get hurt, Rip, uh, Tyler Boyd has become like a legit fantasy option the rest of the year. I I see him as like a wide receiver too, pretty solidly rest of year. So um, at least until Chase gets back. So that definitely boosts Corey's depth a little bit. Um, Braden, he has lower upside than some of the guys at the top of the division, but still so, so many picks. So I'm, I'm going to drop him in at eight. 
Um, Tanner, I dropped a spot. Um, Joey B losing Jamar Chase clearly by the performance on Monday night is not good for him uh, rest of season. So definitely drop that down. I have myself six, the middle of pack and total irrelevance. Um, so many injuries. I'm going to literally lose out the rest of the year and then sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first round. So um, it, my Venmo is Jonathan underscore Rogers. If you want a Venmo, um, I'm kind of sad and accepting donations. Um, Brennan, I bumped him up three spots after that hurts trade. I think that just really completes his roster. And then with some of the other high end options he's got in here, I really like his team rest of the year. Um, and I actually, I did not move my top four. I have Andreas. Um, he's got that dog in him. It's, it's looking really good. I have Jacob three. Um, I mean, he just smoked the entire league and didn't even have Patrick Mahomes. So love that for him. Um, Seth, I got you too. Um, dude, the tutties are coming. I feel it. And when touchdown regression hits, it's going to be, I mean, heads are going to roll. I, I'm really nervous. And I think you got a good run in the playoffs coming. Dude, I was looking. Justin Jefferson's only like wide receiver seven on the year right now. That's insane. That All that means is that he's going to score a million touchdowns the rest of the year. It's, uh, yep, you're right. <laughs> then, I, I don't – I. We don't need to keep talking about it. <laughs> just, I, mm. JD, I got you number one again. Deepest roster in the league. I think it's pretty clear. The fact you're scheduled to score 100 on the bipocalypse, I, I think that that does not bode well for, for anybody else. Seth, what you got? Uh, I have the kind of same numbers coming back up. Uh, Nick at the bottom, Matt, um, then Mitch kind of rounding out that kind of bottom tier. Um, and then uh, Braden, even though he's got that – draft capital cachet that he might be wanting to make a move with. He needs to do it soon uh, because kind of the, the gap is, is growing between um, him and the pack. Um, and then I, I bumped up Corey and here's the deal. I, I'm a believer that Corey's going to make a run for that sixth spot. You love, you love Corey Hill. That's all I'm here. All I'm saying is like, I don't know how he's here, but he is 20 <laughs> points from being out of the sixth the sixth spot like that that is that's like a week 13 showing up showing out and and getting the bump even if he has four wins um i, I think Corey might make a run um and then uh then i have brennan and tanner i think they're on the they're in the exact same tier but brennan has just kind of he made the win now move uh where tanner's just continuing to hold out hope that his guys are going to click um and i think either of them can make it. And I also think both of them might not make it like, so it, it's, it's a, who knows when it gets there, Jonathan, even though um, you're, you're a little desperate, uh, your wide receiver, wide receiver depth is, is too good. Um, and you're gonna, you may uh, have to roll downhill into the, the <laughs> into the playoffs, but you, you'll be there. Um, and then I have myself, then Andreas, and then Jacob, in the tier of guys who have the highest chance of exploding, but also the highest chance of scoring 84 points. <laughs> uh, and so on top, JD, uh, just a man who's been consistent for um, two weeks running. And so um, until someone uh, dethrones him, um, he, he should stay there. His, his team um, and his managing skills um, make him deserving of that spot. Totally agree. JD, our guest picker. It's like college game day. What, what you got? 
It is. I, I didn't get flown in on the private jet, but we don't have I'll we don't have the money for that. Sorry, man. Fair enough. All right. So uh, 12 to nine, I've got Nick, Matt, Mitch and Corey. Um, similar reasoning to what you guys have said. Uh, eight, I have Braden who I think could easily be five as well. Um, the, the, tight tier, tight tier. Yeah, I think eight to five is, is really tough to call. Uh, seven, I have Brennan right now. Um, at six, I've got Tanner. At five, I've got Jacob. I think all of those guys on a good week can easily score 120, 140, 150 points and um, flatten somebody. But I think there's also some potential for – your, your lower scoring games, um, just depending on how stuff goes. What I was trying to know is fantasy football and can happen to anyone, but I mean, really, that's one of the <laughs> keys to success is avoiding those when you can. Um, at four, I got the commissioner. Um, I, it's almost there, <laughs> and it's almost been there all year, and it just it just feels like you can't can't quite turn the corner. I've, it's brutal to observe. <laughs> it really is. We feel bad. For it's like you. watching it. No, we to... don't feel bad for you. Yes, no, like, feel you know, bad. Everyone feels bad. Don't feel, hey, JD, you hey, don't, I know you're in the same room today. You don't have to, you don't have to stroke his ego. Jonathan, we don't feel bad for you. Yes, you had this, you, you had this coming for you. I, no, no, it's much better to keep his ego down to say I feel bad for him. Remember, remember when I traded you a first round for Cortland Sutton? Everyone should feel bad for me. I'm an idiot. Don't let me go like this. Gosh. So rude. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Oh, of course. Uh, three, I have Andreas. Um, the boom potential is amazing. Uh, two, I have Seth. Also amazing. Very consistent squad. Deep. Scary. And I am so scared to say this. I think the hubris is going <laughs> to catch up to me. I've got myself at one. I think that the recent trade did help depth a lot. Um, and now I'll just wait for this to come back to <laughs> the championship rematch. That's it. That's the one that has there to be the is. one any given Sunday, right? Guys, I, first off, very impressed. We did not make this podcast last an hour and a half. So that's, I think a new high score for us, especially for Seth and I, um, is, I mean, Seth, you got any more segments? We got, I mean, we do have, I mean, 25 minutes. If you want to run this thing out, we can really make this like a Disney channel movie special. If you want to run it out. Hey, if you want to get me back into the candy mood, I I can pull a <laughs> bunch of stuff out um, to inter- keep people entertained. It's just the it's just it's just I mean, like deleted scenes. It's just you could just go for hours. I just name a candy and you'd name an NFL team, and we could we could go for days. But I I think I think that'll do it for us, boys. Uh, Seth, you have you have fun tonight. Hey, I had a blast. I appreciate you guys. JD, uh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. It's sign, a pleasure. Sign us off, dude. Hey, thank you guys. Uh, have a good week out there. Good luck to everybody. Hope your roster stay healthy. Come in for the rest of the season and uh, boom soon. <laughs> Deuces.